0: Well, good morning, Oakwood. So glad that you're here with us this morning. Don't we rejoice with Caitlin's baptism this morning? An awesome way to rejoice in the Lord this Christmas season and to remember what Christ came for. He came for all of us, uh, that we would accept him and call him Savior and Lord. And uh, we're in this series, uh, this is part two today, of a series we started last week uh, called Carols. And we're talking through uh, different songs about Christmas, Christmas carols that maybe you've sang for many years and really just trying to understand the meaning of these christmas uh, songs because uh, they are so meaningful to us but there's a a scriptural meaning there's a spiritual application to each one we're looking at that as we go over the christmas story and celebrate the season together over the next several weeks so we're glad that you're here this morning uh last week uh we started with oh holy night and uh, today we're actually looking at "O Come, All Ye Faithful." And so I'm curious, how many of you have heard, ever heard of "O Come, All Ye All Ye Faithful"? Anyone ever heard of it? Anybody ever sang it? Anybody ever sang? Okay, good, good. So you are familiar with that, and uh, it, it, that's what we we'll are to be talking about today. Now, one thing I love about this series that has me super excited is I always love when there's companions to Sunday morning, and there is a companion devotional that goes along with this series. And so if you weren't here last week or you didn't get on board with us yet, do it today. You can actually get um, on the Bible app, and you can actually go to the reading plans there, and if you just do a search and type in carols, uh, you can join us. And every day there, there is a, a devotional that corresponds to that date. So today's December 8th. Uh, go to the 8th one uh, um, in the series there of carols, and you'll be right there. And, and they have 25. So started December 1 all the way through December 25th. And you'll have a devotional there every day. And it really kind of just ties in with the series. Each day it's talking about a different Christmas carol, uh, talking about some scripture that applies to each one. It's just a really, really uh, great way to stay connected and to uh, reflect on Jesus this Christmas season. So we hope you'll, you'll join us for that. Now, if you are um, at a place where uh, you don't have the smartphone or the tablet and you're like, I don't really like doing that digitally, you can actually go out to the lobby here and you can get a, a copy of it in, in paper form. And so uh, those are on the table out there in the lobby. I know we ran out last week, but we printed more right after service. And so uh, if, if, if you go out there and we've already given them all away, just ask somebody, we'll make you a copy uh, we want you to be uh, involved with us that way. So it's uh, just going to be a great, great time. Uh, let, let's begin this morning by just uh, talking a little bit about the background of the song, O Come All Ye Faithful. Uh, it was written by John Francis Wade. And what's interesting about him is that he was a traveling scribe. And if you don't know what a scribe is, a scribe is a person that, that uh, writes down things uh, for those that wouldn't, wouldn't, couldn't write or wanted it put in a certain form. Uh, he knew, understand how to format that. And he was a traveling scribe. And in those days, printing was really slow. Um, printing was around, but uh, it was a slow way to actually reproduce. Copies and quite expensive, and so he roamed around from time to time, offering his uh, services. Uh, Wade was a craftsman of the highest order of scribes, working in several different languages. So that was really beneficial that he could actually translate from from one to another. He also was able to copy music manuscripts, and so he could copy music manuscripts for people. And consequently, his copywriting was much in demand. He was in demand by by uh, church. Uh, churches around the area, choir leaders, institutions of higher learning, uh, the government, and of course wealthy families at that time. He worked mostly in his native country of England, but he also ventured into uh, Europe and Western Europe and went as far as France and Portugal. Apparently, however, uh, scribe Wade didn't spend all of his time just copying things. He also wrote a few things. And in 1750, as part of a manuscript that he prepared for a college in Lisbon, Portugal, he included an original composition from his own pen. It was written in Latin, and it said this: Adeste fideles, Leet triumphantes, venite, venite in Bethlehem. In English, we would translate it like this: O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye, to Bethlehem. Wade also composed a fine tune for the lyrics that he had written that were so meaningful to so many. And when the two blended together, they produced actually an extraordinary musical composition. It's sung with great enthusiasm and has been for generations, both in the church and in the world. It's been translated into a hundred different languages just within the past century this song is well known around the world and so what i want you to do right now is we're we're going to have somebody come sing this song i want you to reflect on the lyrics and think about the song oh come all ye faithful Oh, Thank you uh, Chris and Lintha for doing that for us this morning it a uh, great great song you think of the lyrics of a lot of these songs and when you just pause and, and reflect on that isn't it amazing some of the the deep and rich theology that, that comes from these these types of songs and You know, Thinking about just the title of it, O Come All Ye Faithful, that actually wasn't the title of it until the mid-18th century. It actually went by several other names before that, before it was translated into English and then eventually uh, given the title, O Come All Ye Faithful. What I want to do this morning is I want to share a passage that has many of the attributes and the reasons why we have these attributes if we are qualified as Christians to be called Faithful joyful, and triumphant. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to John chapter 1, John's Gospel chapter 1, and if you have your phone or your tablet, you're welcome to uh, follow along in the Oakwood app, just go to Sermon Notes there, and all the scriptures and bullet points will be there for you this morning. And if you uh, didn't bring a Bible and don't want to get on your phone, uh, just grab that Bible in front of you and turn it to page 886, 886, and you'll be right where we need to be. John's Gospel, chapter 1. Now, what's interesting is if you go to Matthew's Gospel or you go to Luke's Gospel, it immediately starts with genealogies and the Christmas story. And John's Gospel, a lot of people say, well, it doesn't really mention the Christmas story. But, oh, yes, it does. It just seems to be veiled a little bit in comparison uh, to Matthew and and to Luke's Gospels. Um, Because what we're going to read about here from the very first uh, verse, it talks about um, that, that someone is the Word, Every time it appears in the scripture, it actually is capitalized. And what it's talking about is Jesus. It's made evident as we get down near verse 14. But it's talking about Jesus, the Son of God, coming into the world and what he means to us. And because of that, I think it just shows us and exemplifies us that we can be a people of faith, that we can be a people of joy, and we can be a people of victory because of who Jesus is. If we just become His children and accept Him as our Lord and Savior. So let's, let's read this and follow along with me please. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, says this, And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's talking about John the Baptist here. And he, he says, He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. Now, He was not the light, but He came to bear witness about the light and the true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him, but to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of the Most High God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will or the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to point out what it says there and what... What, what maybe motivated Wade to write some of those, those lyrics of, Oh, come all ye faithful. In, in, in verse 2 there, it says that, that he was in the beginning with God. That, that Jesus, the Word as he's uh, referred to here in John's Gospel, was there at the very beginning from God. In verse 4, it says that in him was life. That life was the light of man. In verse 5, it says that light shines in the darkness, and there's no way the darkness can overtake it. There's no way that the devil will ever overtake Jesus Christ and his plan. And then you get down to verse 12 and it says, but all who did receive Him. All who believed in His name. He gave the right, the innate right, to become children of God. And in verse 14 it says, that Word became flesh in the form of Jesus, the Son of God, and He dwelt among us. Meaning that He lived our life. And we have seen His glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father. Full of grace and of truth as we begin to think about uh, the christmas season and going through the carols uh, there's so many of them that you read scripture passages sometimes and it'll make you have thoughts and when i read uh, john's gospel it made me have thoughts of 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 o come all ye faithful that we are called to jesus christ because he has been faithful to us first because he actually came into the world he took on the form of man and he dwelt among us. And he died for us. And he sacrificed his life. And, he, and while he was here, he taught us and he showed us how to live. And, and we, we should put our faith in that. But it doesn't just stop there. There's, there's more. It says that we're called to be joyful. We're called to be triumphant. And the second verse of the song, it talks that we are citizens of heaven. How are we citizens of heaven? It's because the word, the light, came into the world to save us from our sins. There's three things that the song teaches us today. The song reminds us that God's people are called to several things, I want to share this with you this morning. the first one is this: is that we are called to be faithful. We are called to be faithful. What, what, what does the song say there? "O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant." Now, I don't hear that word and take it lightly. Though if you were to characterize me as a Christ follower, one of the highest honors would be that you would say, Eric is faithful. And yet, I would tell you this morning that I don't feel faithful to God. I mean, not like fully faithful. I feel like I have faith, but to be faithful to him gives me me this idea that I would follow him in every area of life. And that I would be faithful 100% of the time, and there wouldn't even be 1% of the time where I would be less than faithful or faithless. And that's why sometimes when you read a song like that, you think of the lyrics, you think, "Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. It's like, could we actually sing that? I mean, you know, it even paints the picture, makes you even begin to, to think about who Jesus came for, right? He came, he came for those that were lacking faith. They were having a hard time and despaired from the world. Maybe it would be uh, more accurate to, to sing it, uh, maybe like how we feel as Christians today. Uh, it wouldn't be, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. It would be, oh, come all ye faithful, downcast and defeated. Oh, come all ye faithless, downcast and defeated. But I don't think that would be a good title or a good first line to a Christmas song. But that's who Jesus came for. We're reminded of that here in John's Gospel, that He was the light coming in the world, that He was the one that even gave us life from the very beginning, that it was His plan. and Because of that, we should be a people full of faith. We should have faith in a loving God that would actually do that with His Son and bring Him into the world that way. And you say, think about this, really would Christ's followers describe themselves that way as faithful? We should. And I want to give you some understanding and some encouragement here. Remember, first of all, that we come to Jesus faithless. Look what it says in Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus said this. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Defeated. Those that are downcast and defeated. Those that maybe have little faith. Jesus says, that's okay. Right where you're at, come to me. Come to Me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In Matthew's Gospel, uh, just a couple chapters before that, in chapter 9, verses 12 and 13, Jesus says this, it says, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. He didn't come for the faithful. He came for those that were struggling. He came for those that were feeling defeated. He came for those that were downtrodden, that felt burdened from the weariness of the world. The good news is that we can become faithful in Christ and through Christ and with his power. And it's amazing how God does this. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it explains it to us. It says this Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Can you perfect your faith? No. You can open your heart to God and you can surrender your life to Him and you can move His direction. But the author and the perfecter of our faith in us is Jesus Christ Himself. Oh, come all ye faithful, why? Because of Jesus. Joyful and triumphant, why and how? Because of Jesus. Because He is the author, the originator. He's also the perfecter of the faith, the one that's going to grow it in us. And He's going to help us get through everything that we have to get through in life. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 2 and 3. It says this When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When I hear that, I think of the, not like waters, like, you know, like a little pond or something. I think of a roaring river with rapids and rocks everywhere. It says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. I will be with you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. And folks, we put our faith in Him. And you may be feeling this this morning, that I am not faithful. That if, that if people were being honest about me, that, they would, that I would be a far cry from faithful to God. That this song isn't a song that's beckoning me to come to Jesus. Just, oh come, O come, all ye faithful. And yet, we find out through the Scripture that Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith, that Jesus being the sacrifice for our sins, that Jesus being the one that says, hey, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we're called... To just take an easy step of faith and to put our trust in Him. The song reminds us that we are called as God's people to be faithful. And you can do that with the help of Jesus. The second thing that the song reminds us that we are called to as God's people is we're called to be joyful and triumphant. Joyful and triumphant. That would be with like a spirit of joy, a spirit of victory, a a, a thought in your mind that you are overcoming and defying the odds of life in this world. And that you are a person that is characterized by being a person that is full of the joy of the Lord. And because Jesus has already made the sacrifice for your sins and has paid it all on the cross, that you can actually stand in victory because of what Christ has done. And yet I feel like we struggle. We struggle with the uh, joyful and triumphant. And what's amazing to me is, as you go through Scripture, and and especially in the Old Testament, you see it many times with the writers of the New Testament and the disciples, is people were joyful when they gave their life to Christ. People were joyful when they chose to follow God's way. And, And they were joyful for many reasons. One of the reasons was because they were blessed. They were truly blessed. They were blessed for for giving their life to Christ, for moving His direction in life. But there was so much more to it than that. They were joyful for who Christ is, for what He had done in their lives, and for the recognition of that. But they were also joyful because they were triumphant. And that's a word that we don't use much today, uh, that word triumphant. It gives us this idea that we have the victory, that we have the triumph over something. We're overcoming something in life. And yet, I want to remind you this morning that uh, that is exactly what Jesus has done. That we can be joyful and triumphant. I think we just don't see it as much lived out in the faith today. I don't know if, once again, you were describing me, uh, you would say, oh, Eric is joyful and triumphant. Maybe, if you think of yourself, would people say, oh, yeah, he's a Christ follower, and he is so joyful and triumphant. Maybe, maybe you feel, like I said earlier, you feel more downcast and defeated But in Christ, we should not exemplify those qualities. We should be joyful and triumphant. One of the best illustrations of this I've ever experienced in my life, and and my wife can attest to this. When we were living in Paonia, Colorado, uh, we went through a season where uh, we just lived with people because we couldn't find housing there. It was so expensive. We didn't know if we were going to rent or buy, but it didn't matter because we couldn't afford anything. That, uh, that we were looking at. And so the church graciously wanting us to stay there, obviously, as their youth minister and finding out some living conditions. We had several in the church that we stayed with at different times. But one of the couples that we stayed with was a man named uh, Lloyd Wright. Uh, his wife's name was uh, Jody, Lloyd and Jody Wright. Uh, Lloyd was a retired doctor, and they were probably in their, I'm guessing, upper 70s, maybe early 80s. Wonderful couple. I mean, they were gracious they they were disciple makers they would have people in their home and have studies they were gracious in hospitality they were just wonderful uh, really kind of patriarch and matriarch of the church um they're in paonia and, and people just loved them and uh, they invited us to their home and, and they showed us uh, that we have this finished basement um, it was downstairs underneath the house it had a couple bedrooms a really nice bathroom, a full kitchen. It was like a house underneath the house. And they said, you're welcome to stay here as long as you need. And we did stay there for several months as we continued to look for housing when we were there. What's nice about it is sometimes when you live with people, you feel like you never have privacy. And what's nice about it is they even showed us that this has an entrance to where you don't have to come and go out of the basement by coming through the house. It actually has a, a set of stairs and a door out the back of the house. And so you can come and go as you please and and we'll never you know see you uh, but you know you're welcome to just come and, and live here and so we did but within that first week we realized right away that we were going to be connected to Lloyd and, and jody they would invite us up meaning upstairs for dinner and so we would do dinner and lunch with them different times and i just remember this one day i was at work and uh, I got a phone call that you need to come home for lunch, and then we're going to do something with Lloyd and with Jody after lunch. And I, and I remember thinking, okay. And so we go home, and we go, we go upstairs for lunch with them. It was a great lunch, and Jody was a wonderful cook, a wonderful hostess. And um, Jody had told Amy that, uh, okay, after lunch today um, at 1 o'clock, we're, I'm inviting you guys to join us. We're going to do the praise parade. I thought the praise parade. What in the world is that? And Amy had kind of thought the same thing. Now we had been in the house and heard them stomping around upstairs about one o'clock every day. I didn't know what that was about, but uh, anyway, she invited us up for lunch, so we do lunch with them, and we get time for the praise parade. And and uh, she says, "Yeah, we're just going to praise the Lord. We're going to cry out to Him." We're going to sing a song. And so uh, we got it from the table and she got over to this little chest and she opened this chest and she had like sewn together little banners and like, you know, on a, on a flagpole and you'd go like this with them. And then one of them said Lion of Judah. And another one said, you know, King of Kings. And another one said Lord of Lords. And they were, they were really awesome. I mean, you can tell someone spent a lot of time, you know, sewing them and making them look really nice. And they basically got the banners out, and she had plenty in there for Amy and I, and, and uh, we got kind of in the formation, Jody at the front, followed by Lloyd, and then Amy and myself, and she goes, all right, we're just going to sing around the house, and we're going to stomp, and, and we're just going to sing a song, and I think we sang, like, victory in Jesus. You know, oh, victory in Jesus, and she would stomp and swing that flag, and just praising the Lord. Now, you can, you can tell, you hear that, and you're like, wow, that's kind of like cheesy Christianity, right? I mean... And Amy and I, being young at the time, we were, you know, we thought it was kind of funny. Maybe a little bit awkward. But I tell you what it means to me as I've gotten older and I look back. I look at those are two people that I would characterize as joyful and triumphant. And not because they do a praise parade at 1 o'clock every day, which if you want to start that out at the office, I think it's a great idea. (laughs) But because that's how they lived. That's like really what they believed in their heart. They weren't doing that for some kind of showmanship for the youth minister and his wife. They were doing that because they were faithful. And they were doing that because they loved Jesus. And they loved the Lord. And they understood what God had done for them. And it was a reason to praise. And their expression of that was actually very biblical. Biblical. If you read the Old Testament and you see the people of God, there are many times where it records that the people of God had the banners and the flags going before them and they would get in a formation and an alignment and they would basically have their own praise prayed. And they'd bring the, the, the banners of the Lord and there would be, there'd be loud clapping and cheering and trumpets and there would, be, there would be great commotion made as the people of God were coming into a region. They were making the greatness of God be known. And when they obeyed the Lord and they followed the ways of the Lord, they, they, they would walk into places and walls would crumble like Jericho. And it was amazing because they were joyful and they were triumphant because of the faith that they had in their God. I think that that's something this song is calling us to because he is the light of the world coming into the world because that light is the life of man. Because God took on the form of a baby and took on that human form and came into the world. We would honor Him. We would reflect on that and remember that. And that that would cause us to be a people characterized by being joyful and triumphant. Like the song says, Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. And then as I read the rest of the lyrics to that song, just great great theology in it like citizens of heaven but you get to the chorus and the chorus is very popular sometimes we sing that chorus separate from the rest of the song and the chorus simply says oh come let us adore him is what he wrote and then he wrote it again oh come let us adore him and then he wrote it a third time and anytime you write something a third time it's for emphasis oh come let us adore him who is it Christ, the Lord. You see, God came to us through Jesus Christ. And we're called to go to Him. That's the third thing from the sermon this morning that I want us to remember. The song reminds us of as God's people are called to several things. We're called to be faithful. We're called to be joyful and triumphant. But we're also called to come and adore Him. Do you remember uh, the story, and we, we, we read the passage last week, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. You remember the experience the, of the angels with the shepherds, and again, God was coming to man in the form of Christ's child, in the form of angels coming from heaven, announcing his birth. You remember it was late, late, late at night, darkness over the land, out in the, out in the fields. I picture the lambs kind of, you know, laying down, the shepherds are... You know, maybe dozing off a little bit, but trying to keep the, the wolves and some of those away from the sheep. You know, the, the, the song says it's a silent night, you know. Maybe every once in a while, just in that silence, you know, a little... But it's the way it was. It was kind of silent. And, and you know that there must have been like a real commotion because the angel says, the angel appeared into the shepherds And it says that they were terrified. Uh, The original writing says that they were sore afraid. Like having soreness from fear would be a lot of fear, right? And yet the angel says to them, fear not, right? Because they're scared in the middle of the night. It's like an angel's like, yeah, I'd be scared. I'd be freaking out. And they're freaking out. Okay, you know, and he says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for everyone, even for you shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, over there in Bethlehem a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Son of God. And this will be a sign to you if you go into town, you'll find them wrapped in swallowing clothes lying in a manger. And then it says, "With the angel was the heavenly host. And heavenly host, if you study that word in, in the Greek, it actually means the armies of heaven in rank and file, I'm sure joyful and triumphant, were with the angel that had spoken to the shepherds. And it says they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace and goodwill toward men on whom his favor rests. And after all of that, check out what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. When the angels went away from them, from those shepherds in the hillside, and they went into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go. Let us go over to Bethlehem and let us see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And if you know the rest of the story and the rest of that passage, they went. And just like Jesus had come to us in the world, just like the angels had come to us to announce the news, and as the baby represents the coming of God into the human flesh form, and the coming of the Messiah, the Savior, and the one that's going to come and change everything, and John's Gospel says full of what? Grace. Full of grace and love and truth. He was coming into the world. And yet you think, what, what? what is our response to be? It's to come and adore Him. Come and adore Him. Jesus has already done everything that He can to come to us. And the call of Him is that we would in turn come to Him. That we would make that conscious decision in our mind and in our hearts that we would come to Him. And I love how the writer of the song says that we're to come and do what? We're to come and adore Him. It gives you this idea of worship. See, that's the other thing the Israelites did in the Old Testament. They'd have the praise parade and then they would go into the temple and they would worship. It's recorded many times that many characters, famous characters of the Old Testament have a time of worship as a response to God. They come to God in the temple and they adore Him through worship. And that's the response that we need to have to Him today. And if you're one of those today that you said, okay, yeah, nobody's going to call me faithful. And I'm not probably a person who's characterized by my joyful or triumphant speech my joyful or triumphant attitude or outlook on life then jesus says to you this morning come come and adore come and worship come into come into me come into my saving grace come into the love that sent me into the world come into the christmas story of the whole reason that we're celebrating this season It's because of his love. Because of his coming to us. We are called to in turn come and adore. Come and adore him. Come let us adore him. Because Christ is the Lord. And if he's not the Lord of your life this morning, it's not too late. He's still calling. He he has not made his second physical return into the world yet. And so he's being patient with us. He's urging you to respond all you who are weary and heavy laden respond and he will give you rest all you who are caught up in your sinfulness and you can't seem to break the cycle of it in your life he says come just as you are so many times we think we think oh we get cleaned up and then we come to Jesus no come to Jesus and then get cleaned up okay he does a much better job (laughs) Come and adore him. That's the invitation we extend to you this morning. Whether you're feeling faithful, joyful, and triumphant, whether you're feeling faithless, downcast, and defeated, to all of you, Jesus says, come. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus and the love of Christ that we see in the Christmas story. God, thank you that... Thank you that you loved us so much that he was the incarnation God coming into the form of man. But from the very beginning, God, your plan was that he would be a sacrifice for us. Yes, he was meant to to live and he was meant to teach and he was meant to show us the way to heaven. He was meant to instruct us on how to live and, and instruct us the fruit of the Christian life and what it would produce in us if we are truly sold out to you. But then after all of that, Lord, you called him to a cross. God, I pray that's our motivation this Christmas season. That gives us something to adore, someone who would sacrifice for another. Lord, I pray that we realize that you have come to us, that you have called us to take a step towards you. You have called us to come to you just like the angels came to the shepherds, they came to Mary, they came to Joseph. Just like you coming into the world, Lord, we are to take a step of faith, which will make us faithful. We're to take a step of action that will bring us joy and triumph because we'll have the victory that is only found in Jesus. But God, as we sing this song together and we, we maybe have this moment of reflection and looking inside ourselves and looking at our life, God, I pray if, if we need to respond, if we just need to talk to someone, if we just need um, for someone to have prayer with us, if, if we're just in, in, in need of, of uh, having a, a question answered about you, or maybe just for the very first time saying, I want Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Maybe we've walked away from you and it's time for us to repent. To repent to turn back to you. Jesus, you call us now come come and we as a church say come let us adore him and so God as we sing this song I just pray if anyone needs to respond to go to the decision room to meet with our elders and our decision guides to have prayer to have encouragement but God use this time to continue to speak to our hearts as we come to you we pray in Jesus name amen